0: All right, I will say Good morning, let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's share. To thank our Talmud sponsors for the month of Adar, Paul and Kathy Pollack, for dedicating all the Shi'urim and drushos this month in memory of Paul's grandmother, Dina Bas Pesach, and Paul's grandfather, Zechariah ben Zechariah, whose yard sites are in the month of Adar. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. We also thank our Day of Learning sponsor, Pesach Rashkovsky, in commemoration of the yard site of his father, Nachum Gershon ben Menachem Mendel, Zichron Levracha, and our Dafyomi sponsor, Alan Wiseman, for dedicating the shoe this morning in memory of his father-in-law, Charles Newman, Zechariah ben Yisrael Svi Zichron Levracha. We hope that the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, and the families in Well, so with that, let us begin. Today's staff is Peihe 85, and we are picking up Amir Tz Hashem on Peidalom the days 84B. We left off, we have a lot to do today, but we left off with Ravina Amar, which I will say again is on 84B, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 13 lines up from the bottom. So I will say, so if you remember again, yesterday we were going through all the different, we saw, well, we're up now to the seventh Nafkamina. The seventh practical difference between the two opinions expressed on Pei dalit Amad Aleph. Namely, we're trying to figure out halacha l'maysa, when is a carbon Pesach subject to the prohibition of etzim buru berubo, that you can't break a bone. So we saw two different approaches, two different opinions. One opinion said when the carbon is kasher. The carbon is kasher. And one opinion said when the carbon is fit for akhila, roi l'achilah. So remember, again, at first glance, when you see those two opinions, they look the same. But they look like the same same thing. But the fact that they are expressed independently indicates to us that they are, in fact, two different opinions. And therefore, halacha and therefore, the Gemara tries to figure out the nafkaminas, tries to figure out the practical difference between them. We've gone through six so far, and we now find ourselves by Ravina. So Ravina, Ravina says as follows. Kol gavno, if you want to go with the case that we expressed previously, which was the case of Rav Ashi, which spoke about, again, a limb that didn't have upon it a kizayis baser, everyone would agree that in that kind of situation, kol gavno, less shvirasa etsem. There is no prohibition of breaking a bone. Because everyone will agree that in order for a particular bone to be subject to... The halachas of Shiras Asen. So there has to at least be a kezais of basr. The practical difference between the two opinions of kosher versus ra'ilah will be the following situation. If you have a bone that has on it, well, let's say it differently, a, bo- a bone that doesn't have a kezais basr on the area of the breakage, but does have a kezais buster elsewhere on the bone. Is such a bone subject to shriras atzem or not? kasher hakashu. If you hold that the criteria for being subject to shriras atzem is that the carbon is kasher, so in such a situation you've passed the kasher threshold. but according to your opinion it says According to that opinion you would need the requisite amount of achila, which is kezais at the place of the breakage, the halakha, In this case, you would not have it. So we'll say. So according to Ravina, that would be the nafkamina between kasher versus reila achila. Is a bone that doesn't have a kizais busser at the point of breakage, but does have a kizais basr elsewhere. Subject to the din of shviras etzem or not? That's the machlokes. So we'll say the gemara says tanya karbo minayu. We have a brisa that supports four of these seven interpretations. So the gemara says the Sanya. Revi Omer, The Pasek says, Yef, Pesach, and one home. Well, you're going to see that so again next. So, So the Pasek says, Furthermore, again, you should not break a bone. So we'll also Remember again, this is what we saw before in Amad Aleph. The Torah juxtaposes the obligation to eat the carbon pesach with the prohibition to break a bone, which teaches us, the gemara says, "Ala kasher hu chayev ve'no chayev ala pasel. Which number one teaches me that Allah chalamaisa, I'm only chayev for a carbon for a carbon pesach that is kasher, breakage for bone breakage, but not on a carbon pesach that is puzzl. What happens if a carbon was kasher? But subsequently became Pusil, b'sha'sachila. So it was Kasher, let's say again on the era Pesach, but by the time Pesach rolled around, it was Kasher, it was Pusil. So the Gemara says, right, it says, it's not subject to Shiraz If the bone has a Shirachila, which we're assuming right now means Ikizayus, then it's subject to Shira. Ain bo If it doesn't have the shirachila, ain mishum shiras atzim. Good. haroid, Something that is offered up on the mizbeach, ain mishum shiras atzim. So I say, so remember again, we spoke about that. What was that case? That was the case of the tailbone, right? Remember again, the fat of the tail is offered up on the mizbeach. So the gemara is suggesting over here. The bride is suggesting. Anything that's not consumed is not subject to shiras etsem. So if something is offered up on the mitzbeach, it is not subject to shiras etsem. Furthermore, only at the time of consumption is a bone subject to shiras etsem. But during a non-time of consumption, for example, we'll when we had the question, is a Karban Pesach on the 14th? Let's say you shekht your Karban Pesach, it's ready, it's ready to be roasted. But it's Ere Pesach still. So is it subject to Shvira's Etzem or not? The Bryce seems to indicate the only time that there's a din of Shvira's Etzem is Bisha's But Shalom Bisha's no din of Shvira's Etzem. So it's my, let's analyze more. A Shaykh, you know, love keza'is, makum zah, bish, love keza'is, basra makum achar. We'll say, what about the following case? You have a bone. And the bone has a keza'is of meat on it but not in the place where you're going to break the bone. So meaning the meat has been removed from part of the bone. So part of the bone has a kizayis, but the area of breakage doesn't have the kizayis, is such a bone. If you were to break the bone in an area where there is no meat, halacha are you chayi for that? Rabbi Yochanan says, says, Yes, even if the bone doesn't have the kizayis busser in the area of breakage, but has eyes Kizai's Basar elsewhere on the bone, the bone is subject to shvira satsen. Reish Lakish says, it is not. So here comes and he says, so here comes Reish Lakish, the Pasuk says, you shall not break a bone. So the Gimar is dashing over here. This applies to a bone that has a kizayis baser and a bone that doesn't have a kizayis baser. Now what does that mean? My love kizayis baser. What does it mean when you say the bone doesn't have a kizayis baser? the kizayis baser, klal. If you say that a mamish means it doesn't have a kizayis baser at all, then amayi yeshu mishun So we'll say if you have a bone that has no meat, then everyone will agree in that circumstance that Allah there is no din of shiras etsem. El alav hochikam, or the Israel alav must mean to say, echar etsem sheesh alav kizayis baser b'makum zah, veechad shein alav kizayis baser b'makum zah, v'yesh alav kizayis baser b'makum Rather, it must mean the following case, that even if you have a bone that does not have a kizayis of baser at the place of breakage, but does have a kizayis basar elsewhere on the bone? Such a bone will be subject to the din of shiras etzem. So kashloish lachish. So also there seems to be a good proof to Rabbi Yochanan and a lakish. lachish. Amrle tap of payam and dal That's not what it means. Hachi kamar is what it means to say. Echod etzem shei shall love kizayis basar mi bachutz. The echod etzem sheina love kizayis basar mi bachutz. The Oh what says this is what it means to say. It means to say whether the bone has meat on the outside, or even if the meat does not have sorry, even if the bone does not have meat on the outside, but it has a kezayas of meat on the inside, it's subject to satsim. So what does it mean it has a kezayas of meat on the inside? What does that refer to? The marrow. The marrow, like you've seen before, that's the Kiddush. But in HaKinami, it's possible that if the bone does not have the kizayis of meat in the makum shivira, perhaps it's not subject to the din of shiviras etzem. So the Gemara says Tanya, furthermore, to support this idea, ve'etzem los tishperu bo, Paul 6 says, not break a bone, echot etzem shish bamoach ve'echot etzem she'in bamoach. what this is true, whether the meat has marrow or doesn't have marrow, and when the pasuk says you shall eat the meat, that refers to the meat on top of the bone. and or maybe it refers to the meat ultimately again in the bone itself. And what does it mean when it says the pasuk says don't break a bone? That's referring to a bone that doesn't have marrow. But perhaps if the bone does have marrow, you're allowed to break the bone in order to access the marrow, since the marrow counts as baser. And don't wonder about this, because after say maybe the assay of Achilas Pesach. Is dohad the low sashed etsem no sishburubo and that would allow you to break the bones to access the marrow. Kishu Omer et Sam lo Yishburubo, the Pesach Shani. So we'll say when the Pasak says et sam lo Yishburubo and his friend to pesach Sheni, Shain Tamilomar, you don't have to need a, you don't need another dim by Pesach Shani. Why? Shrikvarne, Kikalhuko Sapesak Yasuoso. We'll say by by, by pesach Pesak Shani the Torah already says all of the halachas that apply to Pesach Rishon apply to Pesach Sheni. So why do I need to restate this halacha? Have the Omer echad etzem sheish ba moach etzem shein ba So therefore, I will say with the way the Gemara concludes ultimately is as follows: that halacha le ma'isa, the din of shiras etzem will apply whether the bone whether the meat bone has meat on the inside or the bone has meat on the outside. We already established in yesterday's daf that the marrow does in fact count as busser, which of course is incredibly unique because here you have part of the carbon Pesach is encased in the bones, yet what? Yet what? I can't crack the bones to access the meat. So we'll, we'll, we'll look back to this because we discussed one possibility is potentially what? How do you access the marrow? We saw yesterday's daf burning a hole into the bone. But again, that, that comes with other associated issues of potential crackage of the... Crackage? Is that a word? Breakage? Right? Good. Cracking, right? Causing the rest of the bone to crack. Or for that matter, again, actively ruining some of the marrow with the fire. So we'll, we'll loop back to that for just a moment. But say what, what I want to point out to you is as follows. So this, the Gemara is still just focusing over here on this machlokis, Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Namely, if you have a bone... That does not have a Kizai's busser in the area of the breakage where you want to break the bone, but does have Kizai's busser elsewhere on the bone, is that bone subject to shvira's etzem or not? Rabbi Yochanan saying yes, Rash Lakish saying no. So, we're going to see this. This is the Mishnah Amad Beis. If you have a limb of the current Pesach, that partially went out of Yerushalayim. Although we'll see, it's not limited to Pesach, we'll see it's also by other Karbanas, but Allah Ha'la and you have a sacrificial limb that extended outside of the permitted area of consumption. So what do you do? Chotech ad makum So what you do is you cut away the meat until you get to the bone. vikoleif ad And what you do is you go ahead and you peel back the meat until you get to a joint, the chotech, And then I will say you cut off the bone in its entirety at the joint. At the joint. This way, what are you avoiding? What are you avoiding? You're avoiding cracking the bone. Right? So therefore, you peel off the meat. So I also remember again, in this case, any meat... Let, let's say, for example, let's just use Pesach. So remember, Khan Pesach has eaten in Yerushalayim. So let's say a limb, a leg of the animal extended out. This is after the Shekhtar, obviously. Extended out of Yerushalayim. So the meat that's outside of the walls can't be consumed. So you cut, you cut off that meat... Now, the meat on the rest of the bone is permitted. You peel off that meat, peel it all the way off to the joint, and cut off the bone at the joint. Thereby, you're removing the bone, but you're not cracking anything. amrit ever But if you hold it, a limb that doesn't have a kizai's basar in the place of breakage, even if it has kizai's basar elsewhere on the bone, it's not subject to shiras why do you have to go ahead and literally remove, peel back all of the meat until the joint, and then remove the bone at, bone at the joint? Just go ahead and peel back some of the meat and break the bone there. Listeners, well, so if you go with the approach that as long as there's not a kizayis busser on the bone, there's no din of shiras etzem, so it's very simple. Just peel back the meat on the bone to the area where you want to crack it, and just crack it right there, and we're done. So obviously, Shabbos say that indicates that the din of shiras etzem does apply to a bone, even if there's not a kizais baser. Amar Mishum Paka, Ravina Amar Ravina Amar look at Rashi; it's almost right across. Because Rabbi, say, In general, what we're going to see is that when it comes to breaking bones, there's always the concern that the breakage may extend. See, said, even if you go with the approach that you could break a bone on an area where there's not a kizai's basr, when you break a bone, so Rabbi, say, how are you making, breaking a bone? So we'll see in the Mishnah, you take a meat cleaver and just smash down on the bone. The issue over there is that you may cause the, cr- the crackage, right, to extend to other parts of the bone. Therefore, even if you hold that the din of shirah's etsem doesn't apply to a bone that doesn't have a kizayi's baser, we may still be reticent to allow you to crack the bone, lest the crack spread to other parts of the bone, which are subject to shiras etsem, or as Ravina said, it's a case of kulis. Rashi says over here, kulis is the thigh bone. Rashi says the hip bone. So the Gemara says shalhai the thigh bone. Shalhaiad the yeshbo moach mitochov Or what's the other possibility? Is we're talking about a bone like the thigh bone that alach alamaisa has a lot of marrow inside of it. So Remember again, as we said before, the din. If you go with the idea, let's let's, let's assume that we go with the idea that in order to go ahead and be subject to shviras Azam, ultimately again you have to have a as we just shown at the top of the daf, that is true whether the kezais buster is on top of the bone or inside of the bone. Therefore, maybe we're dealing with the thigh bone, and therefore, again, which has a lot of marrow on the inside, which shows that even if there is no meat on the outside, it is still subject to shiras etzem. Okay, good. Tanan hausam. So, let's analyze a little bit more. Tanan hausam. Ha pigul, thy no. Sorry about that. Tami time. a very interesting case. Ha-pigol. So we know what all of these things are, right? So pigel means a kohen, when he's doing the avoda, has a machshava to go ahead and eat the carbon outside of its prescribed time. If he has that machshava, it goes ahead and makes the carbon possible. So that's No sir, means carbon actively left over beyond its permitted time. So what's that? So it's really quite fascinating. So they're metami the adayim. So Rashi points out midr So if a coin handles pigle, his hands become Tami midr What do you do with Tami hands? You immerse them. Right? That's what you do. Right? So if you handle Noser or you handle pigle, your hands become Tami. Now watch this. So this is very interesting. Why were the rabbis Gozer Tumah on Noser and Piggel? So it's Machlokias. One opinion said, because of Chashadekunah. Now, now listen to this. What was the concern? If you're a Kohen and you had a falling out with someone, there's a very easy way to get back at them, which is how? Make their carbon Piggle. Right? I'm a Kohen. I had a falling out with someone. I really don't like the guy. He's offering up a shlumim on a, on a Sunday. And I have in mind that I'm doing the Avodah. I'm going to eat it on Thursday. Okay, obviously a disqualifying intention, and I ruin. But again, it's a mistake. It's a, what am I going to do? I'm sorry, I just got confused. I'm not going to say, of course, that I that I did it intentionally. So we'll say. So what did Chazal do? So apparently, to prevent a coin from doing that they made his hands Tameh. Now Rashi says over mm-hmm. here, because the coin might be suspected to make a carbon pegel, because he doesn't like someone, therefore, So, so this is very interesting. So what happens? The Chazal said, we're going to make your hands Tameh. Now, because my, if I'm a coin, because my hands become Tameh, therefore I have to purify them. That's a tircha. It's supposed to be very interesting. So the Gemara, the, the Chazal assumed that if we make things a little bit difficult for the coin, he's not going to make someone's carbon pigle. Meaning what? I'm happy to get back at someone, but not if it takes a lot of effort. So if, if there's a lot of effort involved, I'm not really so interested. I don't, I don't, I don't hate anyone that much. Right? So, 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 lemaisa, so lemaisa, if we're going to make his hands tame, that's a to do. Especially if you're the coin doing the avoda, that's a to do. And by the way you also then have to be careful whatever you're having contact with. So Chazal assumed that once we levy this rabbinic tumma upon someone who handles pigle, that's gonna be enough of a deterrent from make from from, from a lap that's gonna be enough of a deterrent. That is going to deter him from making the carbon piggle in the first place. The second opinion said that it's ultimately again a legislation because of Atslai Also, namely what? That Allah Khala because of Kohanim who may be lazy, don't eat carbonos on time, and therefore Allah Khala will make no sarmatame asayadayim. So this, this, this creates an incentive not to allow for nosar, so the gemara says. The gemara says, "Mar pigol, So in reality, again, remember these two opinions are both referring to two different things. The rabbis legislated pigol, right? I should say, Thomas Hayadayim by pigol, ultimately because of Kohanim who were suspected to intentionally make a carbon pigle out of animosity for the owner, and ultimately, again, they legislated Thomas Hayadayim by nosar. In order to address lazy Kohanim, so man masni apigo man masni anosar, man de masni apigol mishum chashadikuna, uman de masni anosar mishum asli kuhuna. Now listen to this. Not only that, mar masni kezayis, umar masni kebeitzah. One opinion said that the shear, right? What's the shear that generates this rabbinic tumah? One opinion said it's a kezayis, and one opinion said it's a beitzah. Man de masni ki isuro. Umad the it's a kitum also the one who said about say kizayis because in general whenever you have an israchilo right an israchilo is a kizayis and the one who said a kibeta an ex volume is because of the shear for Tumas Ochlin ultimately again is a kibeta so, say balehu yotse gazur abanam tumalo so let say see here's what we have so you're gonna see all that that entire discussion was just an introduction for this one So here's what I know. I know that Chazal legislated Tumas Hayad in certain situations. So we've seen two so far. Piggle, and the reason Chazal did that was because, again, in order to deter a koin with a grudge, nothing worse than a coin with a grudge, right? To deter a coin with a grudge from making someone's carbon pegel, and they were hayadayim in order to kind of give a little bit of a push to lazy kohanim, not to leave over carbonos past the prescribed time. Okay, now here's the shayla. Ibai lehu, Yod we'll what happens, we, saw, we referenced this before, what happens if you have a carbon that extended out of its permitted mechitzas? So a very simple case. Let's let's stick with what we're doing. Pesach. I have a carbon pesach. I have a carbon pesach, and a limb of the pesach extended out of Yerushalayim. So here's what I know, right? What do I do with the meat? What do I do with the meat from the limb that extended out? I burn it, right? I have to pray, I cut it off. And again, depending, machluk is what I do with the bone. Do I peel it back, cut it off at the joint? But what I know for my purposes right now is the meat, obviously, that ex- the, the meat on the part of the limb that extended out of Yushalaim must be burned. It cannot be consumed. Okay. Now what i now the Shai Gemara has is when, when, when somebody touches that meat, is it goreim Tumah? Does it cause toma's hayadayim midirabbanan or not? So the Gimara says. So the Gimara says. So i will say. Do I say it like this? The reason the rabbis were goes there. Tumas Daim, by nosar is because there are kohanim who are lazy, and therefore, in order to give them a little bit of a resource, this tumas will deter them from being lazy and leaving over the Korban and pass prescribed time. But I'm not worried. I'm not worried that someone's going to actively take a part of their carbon outside of Yerushalayim. They're both saying Chazal legislated Tumas Ha'adayim as a deterrent, as a deterrent. It was there because they were afraid people were gonna do something And therefore, again, the appearance of Tumas Ha'adayim deterred the individual from doing this thing. I'm afraid that a coin is going to get back at someone making the carbon pickle. Tumas Hayadayim prevents him from doing that. It deters him from doing that. I'm afraid that a coin is going to be lazy, leave over the carbon. Tumas Ha'adayim prevents him from doing that. The Gemara says, are we concerned? It doesn't appear that we're concerned that people are going to actively take a part of a limb of an animal and take it outside of Yerushalayim, that we have to institute or legislate Tumas HaDem as a deterrent. Remember, Tumas Daim is a deterrent. So the Gemara says, let's read this inside. So the Gemara says, So, We are no sir because we are Tumas <laughs> HaDem, we are goes to by no sir because people are lazy. And Tumas HaDem is a deterrent to being lazy. Aval but are we, not con- are we concerned that people are going to take a carbon out of Yerushalayim? People don't, we'll say, cases of yodse. usually when they come up are what? Are what? Are accidental cases. We're not really concerned that people are going to actively take carbonos out of their prescribed area. Therefore, perhaps in that case, lo We should assume that Allah Chalamaysa the rabbis were not Gozer Tumah, O Dilma Loshna. Or perhaps it shouldn't make a difference. No, perhaps Salach Alem song We should be Gozer Tumah in that case as well. So, we'll say, so this is the kasha. Is there Tumas hayadaim by Yotze? I have sacrificial meat that went out of its prescribed area. Is there Tumas hayadaim now if I come in contact with that meat? So Tashma so remember we just we just had this before that if you have a part of a sacrificial limb that extended out of you So what do you do? You cut off the meat. Right? Essentially again, you cut off, you cut off, you cut off the meat until you get to the bone, and then you peel back all of the meat until you get to the joint, and you cut off the bone at the joint. But if you hold the tirabon where goes your tumor, an say ki khotikhlei my havi ultimately again even if you cut off the meat what does it matter so the Gemara says ha kametamile. So, I will say this is actually very interesting. Look at it. We'll say if you hold that the wrap, so the assumption was like this. Let's go back to what we said before, and then let's plug it in. So, before, we were saying like this if you have a piece of your carapace, let me leave your carapace, that extended outside. So, what do you do? You cut, you cut the meat down to the bone, and essentially, again, peel back all of the meat till you get to the joint, cut off the bone at the joint. So, I cut off the bone at the joint. Why? Why? Why I cut off the bone at the joint? to avoid breaking the bone. Okay, that's Aleph. And then the assumption is what am I doing with the meat? So the meat that was outside will be pasal, the meat that was inside will be kasher, the meat that was outside I'll burn, the meat that was inside I'll, I'll eat. But one second, if you hold that there's tono on yotzi on meat that goes outside, so that meat on the outside touched the meat on the inside. They were all connected. And therefore, Allah said, the meat that goes out is Tameh, then the meat ultimately that was on the inside should be Tameh as well. To which the Imara says, no. Tomas starimhi, the Tomas starim lomotanya. The said, this is incredible. This is what's called a hidden tumma. The say, what this means is as follows. It really means like this, that the connection of the meat was beneath the surface. Look at Rashi. Tomas besa starimhi, komaga khibra besa starim, shin makum magoo nira. The Tumas Bay Hasdarem, Nafkalim, Second in the Shabbos, the Gemara says, the the fact that the meat was connected, the meat was connected, ultimately, again. In a hidden fashion. In other words, it was connected beneath the surface. So, therefore, halocha so la said that's Tumah space astarim. And in general, again, chibur for tumma that is not visible is not generally considered to be a connection for tumma. For tumma astar la matanya, d'amar chibure lav chiburu. Rose according to Ravino, who says that in generally, food connection. Is not a connection, but we'll say what that means is the way Ravina Ravina looks at food as separate, independent items that happen to be next to each other. We're not going to get into all these halakhas of tumah, but again, Ravina holds ukiman de mar ha ha kanaga according to Ravina, Ravina doesn't look at food as space has storim. He doesn't look at it as hidden tumah. Instead, he views each chiluk of food as its own independent entity. So there's food from the outside, meat from the outside, meat from the inside. They're not connected. They're not connected, but they happen to be touching each other. So because they're touching each other, should that not cause the Tumah from the outside ultimately to be conveyed to the Tumah, on the inside, Ahal-la-man-da-mas-ni-kezayis, let's speak kezayis, man-da-mas-ni-kezayis, let's speak The other way to interpret it is, the opinion holds that the sheerest kezayis says, you're talking about a case that is less than a kezayis, and the opinion who holds that it's a kezayis, so it holds that it's less than the sheer of a beytzah. The Yomar kind of sidesteps the question by just saying either way the sheer wasn't present. But again, the question still remains. The question still remains, which is, halakha la what is happening with a case of yotze? So I know but I'll say here's what I know. I know that no cause it right, there's Tumasayadayim. I know Pigol, there's Tuma Sayadayim. The Shaila is yotze. Is that Gorim? Does that create Tuma Sadayyim as well? Still unresolved. So the goes right to Tashma. So we're, we're not finished yet. We'll discuss this case as well. It's very interesting. If you take your carbon Pesach from one Chabura to another Chabura. So we'll we'll discuss exactly what the parameters of this case are. But remember, you eat your Pesach with a group and the halacha is your carbon Pesach is not supposed to be moved from one group to another group. We're actually going to see this is a discussion if you have multiple chaburos eating together in one home. What happens? And we'll see. But again, for now, let's we'll just go with the wording of the Gemara. If you go ahead. So we'll say, if you moved your Pesach from one chabura to another chabura, even though what? Even though, even though you've been in violation, of a low sase, right? You have violated a biblical prohibition. The Torah says, <muchos> so you've violated an as alosase. the says, Tar, nevertheless you're tar. So what does that mean? My love tar va'asr so, what does that mean when it says Tahr? What, 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 what does that mean? If I go ahead and I move my carbon pesach from one chabura to another chabura, as much as I'm in violation of a love, of a prohibition, the Gemara says still the, 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 the carbon is tar. Now, what does that mean? So, the Gemara says, my love, va va'asar, both say it must mean like this, when you move, this is fascinating, when you move a Pesach from one Chabura to another Chabura, that is the equivalent of what? Moving the Pesach from inside Yerushalayim to outside Yerushalayim. So, what's the halacha? Umafsil. And it becomes puzzle. Now, as well I, if you have a piece of carbon pesach that extends outside the walls of Yishalayim, ultimately the carbon so is pesach. The carbon is puzzle. So, too, if you move the carbon pesach from one chabura to another chabura, it's puzzle. But yet what? Va'afilu hachi katani tahar. But nevertheless, the Gemara says the pesach will be tahar. Which tells me that what seems to indicate to me that Yotse the Karben Pesach, part of the Karben Pesach is taken out of the walls of Yerushalayim, what's the halacha? It's possible, but it's tahar. Namely, it does not create Tumas Hayadayim, which indicates to us that although Chazal were gozret Tumas Hayadayim by, by no and by pigal they were not gozret by Yotze. Incredible. Alma, lo gozret Rabbanon Therefore Chazal will not gozret Toma. Incredible. Lo, no. you must no, no, incorrect, incorrect. Tahar, Umotr. No, in fact, what it means is the carbon is tar and permitted. The Because the act of moving the carbon pesach from one chabura to another chabura is not the equivalent of moving the carbon pesach outside of the walls of yidushalayim. Velo mafsil, and ultimately, again, therefore, it does not become possible. But one second, the Sefa of that Mishnah says that if you eat karma Pesach that was moved from one Chabur to another, I just want to point out, this is going to be a whole suge by itself. About moving karbesak from Khabur to Khbura, or for that matter, even before we get to that, what the din of Khaburah is. We haven't touched on that yet. But again, right now the gemara says, Aye, but it says in the sefer, Ha o kloha that if you eat the Pesach, that's that's moved from one Khabur to another Khabar, you've been violation of Allah. But let's makesah it must be a case. According to you hold that the shear is a kibezah, it doesn't have a kibezah, it only has a if you hold the Kizayis, then what is there to say? Here we go. Rabbi Gimara says no. It is clear to us that Chazal were not Gozer Tuma in a case of Yotze. Although Chazal were Gozer Tuma in a case of Pigol and in a case of Nosar, they were not Gozer Tuma in a case of Yotze. Why not? Bene Khabura reason, hein, Umishar umis zihiri be. Because they will say, Pesach is eaten in a Chabura, and ultimately, again, Chabura. The Chabura are Bene Khabura reason, hein. The Bene, the members of the Chabura are Zoris What's the word? Alacratus. Is that a word? Yeah, good. They are alacrity, right? They, they they are they are diligent. They're very careful. They're very careful. If you look at Rashi, Rashi the last line of Rashi is here in hein Rabim U because there's a number of people to mizarez each other meilah hotzi and ultimately again to take the car from preventing each other from taking the car and Pesach out. Although it's lach remember it's very important. Let's go back for just a moment. Why were Chazal? Why did Chazal institute? Tomas Hayadayim, by pigle and by Nosar, it's a deterrent. They were afraid that people were going to do something illegal. We were afraid that a Cohen is going to purposely make someone's carbon pigle because he doesn't like the guy. We we're afraid that karma are going to be lazy and they're going to leave over carbonos past the permitted time. So therefore Tomas Hayadayim is there as a deterrent. The Gemara says something amazing. Carbon Pesach is not eaten by yourself. Karban Pesach is eaten with a Chabura. And the says, wherever there is a Chabura, the Lashon of the, 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 the Gemara is, B'nei Chabura z'rizin hein o mezahir z'chiri bein. The says, so, b'nei Chabura, but they're, they're zaris, they're careful. The will says, what does that mean? But the Gemara is saying is like this. Whenever you band together with a group of Jews, ultimately, again, we are mezahres, each other. We encourage each other. The say says, this is the power of being part of a Chabura. This is the power of being part of a Chabura. This is the power of being part of Amisra. This is why we don't, we try not to lead isolated lives. The greatest strength we have is not as individuals. The greatest strength we have is in our Chalik as part of the collective. So therefore the Gemara says that when you're part of the Chabura, listen to B'nei Chabura Zerizinhem or Mizar Zihiribe. B'nei Chabura, what's I want to point out. Which Chaburas is this talking about? It's interesting. It's all Chaburas, really. Every single Khabur is made up of tzadikim, Khlaadis, Mamish, Amich, Kulam Everybody's a tzadik, yeah, except the ones who aren't. Hey, so does so, 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 it's the nature of Khaburah. It, so, this is why I think again just I think we appreciate these Gemaras so much more because for the first time in our lives we know what it's like to be isolated. You know, and, and to me, one of the most heartbreaking things is when you hear people say, "I really enjoyed the alone time," right or "I really grew from the uh, what what then, then, then you 're missing what it means be part, then you have to examine what it means to be a Jew and what the relation time is of course, there are times being alone with oneself is an incredibly important thing but a sustained amount of time like that is unhealthy for any person. And a person who feels that their greatest growth comes from a period like that, then they're missing some dynamic in being part of Klav Yisrael. Finding time with yourself is incredibly important, but self-actualization only comes when you are part of the Chabura, only comes when you're part of Klav Yisrael, only comes when you are part of the collective. And we have to be still careful because we had a year Of a little bit of like, we're going into a year, of a little bit of like a shtickle isolationist attitude. Part of it, part of it, we have to. And we have to be so careful that this doesn't become our norm. To whatever degree, we could join back with the Klaal, we could join back with the Chabura, we could once again re engage and be part of the collective. That is the source of our strength. B'nei chabura, Because when you're by yourself, you're by yourself. But when you're part of the chabura, you allow yourself to tap into the zrizus of those around you as well. Therefore, the Gemara says over here that halacha that halacha the Bnei Chabura or Zahirin teaches me as follows we don't have to be Gozer, Tomas hayadayim on yotze why not or I should saying on Chabura the or that, for that matter yotze because Kaban Pesach is consumed as part of a Chabura and the Chabura are Mazares they, 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 they go ahead and watch each other so if somebody's going to be take, about to take something out Another member of the Chabura will politely remind him, I don't think that that is permitted. So because you're eating it as part of the collective, there's no concern, because there's no concern of Yotze, therefore, chazal, not Gozer Tomas Hayadayim. So the Gemara's says, this is incredibly important. Just, it makes a lot of sense once, once we go through the logic. Meaning, Tomas hayadaim is only there as a deterrent. It's not there as a, it's there to deter something. The Gemara says, I don't need the deterrent by Kabben Pesach. Because haloch will deter each other. If I see you doing something wrong, I'll tell you. you see me doing something wrong, you'll tell me. We don't need Tomah Saddam as a deterrent. Incredible. Sigmar so says, fine. That works beautifully by Karban Pesach. Because Karban Pesach can only be consumed in a Chabura. What about Chabura in general? What about Chabura in general? So we'll say, remember a Chabura in general, regular Chabura. So doesn't have to be in this part of a Chabura. So is there a din of toma bayotzeh? of regular cabanos to which the Gimara says, teiku, teiku. So I will say, we have a number of very important facts that are coming out of here. I just want to point out, I'm going to send it out later on on the WhatsApp because we're not going to get a chance to do it here. But all of the halachos really contained unpaid Dalit are all summarized in the Rambam, in, in Parak Yud of Hilchos, Karben, Pesach, where the Rambam spends a significant amount of time going through the halachos of Shvira's etsem. What type of bones it applies to, what type of bones it doesn't apply to. For our purposes, what we've gleaned from the Daf so far is that in order for a bone, to be subject to Shvirah, someone has to have a kezayis of basur. And again, according to the Rambam, which, what the Gemara says, that kezayis of could be on the bone or in the bone, which means whether it's meat or whether it's marrow, that's a kezayis baser. Furthermore, we saw Chazal instituted Tuma Sayadaim by Noser and by Piggel as a deterrent, but it appears based on the Gemara over here that there is no, t- no Tumah by Yotzei. If you have part of your carbon Pesach that extended out of the walls of Yerushalayim, that meat, it's invalid, you have to burn it, you can't eat it, but it is not tome, it is not tome. Why? Because I don't need the Tomei Sedayim to be a deterrent, because the Chabura will deter one another. What about the meat of regular culture that extends out of the walls of Yerushalayim? Teku The Yerushalayim says, okay, well, we have to... Umotsi basra pesach michal, basra pesach So Rabbo this is great. How do you know about the din of taking out carbon pesach meat from one chaburah to another chaburah? And I'll look at Rashi for just a moment. Rabashi pehei am days mechabur la chabur a minayin Chaburah shall shne shall be bayis echad. So I will say. So how do you know? It's is actually very interesting. Actually, I will say. I'll tell you something fascinating. So the Gemara says we're talking over here about a chabura of two in one home, two in one home. So, so I was thinking about this because you know there's always there's always a lot of there's always a lot of in- interesting like you know bar Hashem, like people go to pesach program programs and, and man, it's an incredible industry an incredible industry. It's always like intrigued. There's there's a muster in everything. So, like, what's the musr in, in Pesach programs that people go away to? Again, mshbach aspar khashan, exorbitant amounts of money that go into these things. So, I thought it's mamsh to prepare us a little bit for what's going to happen when King Pesach comes. Cause what, so again, I've never been to a Pesach program, but I've heard the stories, right? And in, 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 in the, in the, in the they say, right, you could have a private state you could have a bunch of people in the main dining room. say, so interestingly enough, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a carbon Pesach. So what's going to happen? It could very well be that you'll have multiple chaburos having having Pesach in the same home. That's the case over here. Me Chabura the Rashi says chaburah shall shnei pesachim bebayis echad. Two chaburos, two chaburos, ultimately again in one home. So those of us who never went to a Pesach program are going to say, well, what's that? But Bar Hashem, Bar Hashem, those who have, Mamish no, see this year in and year out, right? Multiple chaburos having Pesach in one home. Now, i both say. Now, the interesting part about this is as follows. So, what's the halacha? Then moving the Pesach from one chaburah to another chabura? Now, we're in the same home. We're under the exact same roof. We're in the same dining room. But yet again, the Gemara says again. We'll see this sugya a bit more fully. But we'll see this sugya that halacha. Apparently, you're not allowed to move your Pesach from one Chabura, from one group to another group, even in the same home. Even in the same home. So the Gemara says, How do we know this? Where do I know this from? That min 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 literally, don't take out from the home, from the Karban Pesach, outside. Now, al- l- will say, now again, that's saying from one home to another home. What about from one chabura to another chabura? Talmud lo so, mar chutza, chutza So what's this fascinating? in the Gemara Dashans? Chutza means once you establish a place, a makam, a makam, ultimately for consumption of karb and pesach. You cannot move the Pesach outside of that makom. Then I will say so, which means what? So again, I will say, imagine, imagine this is one. Right, imagine we have we're eating Karan Pesach inside here, inside of this Pesach, inside of the shul. So again, my chabura is over here, Ruven's chabura is over there. So literally, what it's saying is, I can't take from my chabura and go to eat it over there. Why chusa? Once you establish a makam for consumption of basically, you can't take it on a bus, And I want to show you the novelty in that halacha. It's not like that in any other area of halacha. For example, for example, let's say the din of su'udah. The halacha is that where you eat is where you have to bench, let's say for argument's sake. So if, I'm, if I start out eating over here could, and I move over there, could I bench this? Do I have to come back here to bench? And the answer is No. No, if I'm in the same home, if I was a fifty-fifty, right? If I if I, if I'm in the same home, I'm in the same room. If I'm in the same, especially if I'm in the same room, I, let's keep it easy. I'm in the same large room, and I relocate from one area to. I don't have to come back to the same muckum, It's the same room. It's the same room, even in the same home. There's a discussion about this. Who say so? Again, I have to get amazingly enough. I come and Pesach. The, the the geography that's established for conceptual karmesah is so specific that literally if my khabura is in the north corner of the room and there's another khabura in the south corner of the room, I can't move my karbesach from one corner to another corner. It's 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 fascinating. That's say. again, we'll see. We're gonna spend more time on Chaburas. but again all learned out from one word, chutzah. Chutzah, a very specific word. You can't move your carbon Pesach outside of its prescribed area. Om Rabi Ami. By the way, I just want to point out before we get to this. It's also interesting. I saw this, although I didn't get a chance to even my eye into this. Based on this, the Gemara does bring down about the, I'm sorry, the Achronim do bring that about an interesting discussion about, let's say, going back to our hotel model. Let's say you're eating, you're right, you're having your seder, You don't get, you don't have one of the private rooms. You're not such a, not so chashav, right? You have to eat with, with, with the, with the ham, hamcha. Hey, so, we'll say, so, so what happens again with going ahead and taking from the Afikomen Like, let's let's say the seder, let's say the Schwartz's seder ran out of matzah. So can you take from your Afikoman and go ahead and share it with someone else's Chabura? So we'll say, so it's an interesting discussion because Afikoman, common is Ari equivalent, ultimately, again, of Pesach. So again, I didn't have a chance to look into it, but there is such a discussion like this about Halal Chalamaisa taking from the afikomen from one Chabura to another Chabura. Okay, interesting. Amrabiyami. Ami. Amotzi me Chabura le If a person takes in the carbon Pesach, ultimately, again, from one Chabura to another Chabura, Supposedly, this is fascinating. So, if you go ahead and you take current Pesach from one Chabura to another Chabura, we just said that's saucer right? Based on the word chutzah. Based on the word chutzah. But alocha so you only chayev once you go ahead and you take it out and you put it down in that new Chabura. Why? What's the b'shad? Wow. Because if it uses the same notion of hotsa like by Shabbos, like by Shabbos, Mas Shabbos adoaved akira v'hanocha, avchach nami adoaved akira v'hanocha. Incredible. So what's we'll it? This is from, we know by Hilchos Shabbos. Remember from our Shabbos days, you're only chayiv otsal if you do an akira and a hanocha. You uproot the item in one domain and place it down hanocha in another domain. So too by carbon pesach, I'm only going to be chayiv if I do an akira in my chabura and I do a hanocha in another chabura. This is a non-Pesach case. actually points out over here, this is by certain communal offerings where after the blood service was done, the carcass of the animal was burned outside of the precincts of the Beis HaMikdash. So it's referring over here to the people who would carry the carcass out. Now the halacha was... That as soon as you left the precincts of you or the base hamikdash or depending on what you were carrying out, you become tame. So how you solve So if you were carrying out the carcass of the animal on uh, bemotos, motos just means staffs. So as soon as the first group left the walls of the base hamikdash. And even if the second ones did not, so the Gemara says, ultimately, again, the first chevra that exited the walls of the Beis HaMikdash would become Tomei. And the ones who were still inside the precincts of the Beis HaMikdash would not yet become Tomei. I hollow Noch. But one second, you just said before that in order for something to be considered yotzei, that it has to come to rest in a new domain. And yet here the Karban in question did not come to rest. Who most of love a law, We're talking about where the carbon is being dragged. It's being dragged. Then we'll say, by the way, being dragged, lav doesn't have to be dragged, but it could also mean what loved, right? Remember again, if something is within three tefachim of the ground, it's considered to be at rest on the ground as well. So they're talking about a case. Literally, I can't imagine they would actually drag it. Maybe they did, but let me say, even if they didn't drag it, if it's within three tefachim, it's considered to be at rest, and therefore Allah they would become Tami. So the Rebbe will again, that was just thrown in here, nothing to do with Pesach, just again, another example of this idea that in order for something to be yotze, in order for something to be considered to be transported outside of its domain, it has to come to rest in its new domain. So, therefore, I will say a few more halachas that come out over here. You cannot transport a carbon pesach from one chabura to another chabura. The novelty in this is even if the chaburas are in the same house, even under the same roof, you cannot transport a carbon pesach from one chabura to another chabura. Why? All based on the word Chutzah. Chutzah can't be taken out from where it started to anywhere else. But halacha la you your only chayiv for transporting a carbon pesach from one chabura to another chabura, if what? if the actual carbon comes to rest, in the new Chaburah. So, we'll so, for example, just for illustration purposes, if we're all eating Karan Pesach over here, my Chaburah is on the north side, your Chaburah is on the south side, and I were to pick up my Karan Pesach, walk over to your Chaburah, wish you a good Yomtiv. Right? Let's say again, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just eating Karan Pesach. I come over, I forget, I wish you a good yamtif. So, again, I come back to my Chaburah. Apparently, I haven't violated anything because the Karan Pesach never came to rest. There was never a Hanachah in your Chaburah. So, as long as there's no Hanachah in the new Chaburah, I'm not in violation of Yotze. Incredible. Good. We'll say, Mishnah. Mishnah, Mishnah. And now again, we actually quoted this extensively on Amodalif. And now we're coming back to mention it again. So let's say, here we go. Carbon Pesach. carbon Pesach, part of the limb of the animal extended out of the walls of Shalayim. So what do I do? You cut the meat down until you get to the bone. And then you go in and you literally peel the meat back until you get to the joint. the chotech, and then you cut the bone off at the joint. Again, I will say the novelty of that is, we don't want to crack the bone. This way I'll just cut the bone off at the joint. Shalom Yisrael, Gimara says. Oben Mukdashin. however, with other Karbanos, I will also with other Karbanos where there is no lav of etzem lo sishbarubo, right? So I will say again, remember the bone cracking lav is only a din by carbon Pesach. That's applied apply to other Karbanos. What do you do? Code say it's says. So I will say for example, if you have another type of carbon, let's say shlamim, which you have to eat in Yerushalayim also, and then a limb of your shlamim extends out of Yerushalayim. So what do you do? You cut off the meat and you just crack the bone at the area where the limb extended out. Because again, remember, there's no there's no prohibition of cracking bones by other kabbanos. So we will say now. Here's what's interesting. Now the Gemara is going to get into the details about halacha lemaisa. What is considered to be inside Yerushalayim or outside Yerushalayim? we we'll both say. Now remember, again, you know the part where this is going to get tricky is once you get into the threshold of the doorway into the city. So remember again, Yerushalayim had, has, well, had. if you can imagine, like when you go to the old city of Yerushalayim, very soon, and I think we'll never again take the opportunity to be in Eretz Yisroh for granted after being locked out for so long. So remember, when you come to the old city of Yerushalayim, you see the gateways. Well, imagine, remember, the municipal city of Yerushalayim had those same walls, those same gateways as well. So now, I understand, obviously, outside the wall is outside of Yerushalayim. Inside the wall is inside Yerushalayim. But of course, where, where, where is the intricacies going to come up? What about within the thickness of the walls? The, what we call the doorways. So the Gemara says, literally, from the doorway inside is considered to be in the city. Mina From the doorway itself and outside, is considered to be outside. The windows, as well as the width of the wall, is, has the din of the interior of the city. So it says the Gemara, so what's us listen to this. So this, says in the name of Rav, the same halach applies with davening. Tfila. Now look at Rashi just a moment. le va So it's very interesting. So it comes along, and it says, it says the name of Rav. Same idea with davening, with Tvila. If you're standing from the doorway in, in, then you're part of the minion. If you're standing from the doorway out, you're not part of the minion. Okay. Upliged Rabbi Shimon Levi, and this argues Rabbi Shimon Levi, because Rabbi Shimon Levi says Rabbi Shimon Levi, barzel Levi says that even a even a steel barrier cannot go ahead and create a separation between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Klai. So I will say truly beautiful. Rabbi Shimon Levi says, so the first opinion says. Now they're not really saying the same things. So, the Gemara is talking about about who could count as part of a minion. So Rav says, anyone who's from the doorway inside is part of the minion, but if you're outside of the doorway, then halakh ma'isa you're not part of the minion. And inamitarif to the group. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says that halakhala maissah, halakh ma'isa. there's no such thing as a separation for a minion. He's not really saying it halakhically, he's saying it much more hashkathically, that nothing nothing interrupts, nothing interposes between the Jew and the will say, what a profound statement. I will say, no matter, sometimes I do things in life, and I think that those things create a barrier between myself and Akkadish Baruch. Hu. Here's what's amazing. You know, Rabbi Levy says, sometimes my, my mistakes and my failures create distance, but they never create a barrier. You hear that chilik? I could create distance between myself and Akkodeshbar. I can do that. unfortunately when I do the wrong thing, I create distance but never a barrier. Never a barrier. What's in Afkamina? A distance could always be traversed. So I create a distance I can run back. A barrier, sometimes, can't be overcome. If the barrier is too high, the barrier is too thick, the barrier is too overwhelming. So Risham says, Ajun, there's never a barrier between the Rebom Hashom and Ka'adi Israel. Distance, maybe, maybe, Chas Hashom, maybe yes, but a barrier never. But there's an inherent contradiction. You said, Amrit, Mina Aga, Fulifnim, Kilifnim. You said from the doorway inside is considered like the inside of the city. Now remember, imagine for just a moment, remember, you, you have an entranceway to the city. The entranceway has a doorway. The door itself has a thickness, right? What's the status of that area? What we'll call the area that represents the width of the door itself. The door, We'll call it the doorway. So on one hand, you said from the doorway in is considered to be the inside of the city. I would assume from that... Ha agaf atzmo the width of the door itself, that area, I would assume is reckoned like outside of the city. Ama seifa. Yet look at the seifa mina agaf al chutz from the doorway outside. is considered to be the outside of the city. Ha agaf atzmo kilifnim. By that, I can infer from that that the doorway itself, the area, the width of the doorway, is considered to be like the inside of the city. what so I see here the shayla, the actual area when the door closes, that width that the door occupies does that area have the status of the interior of the city or the exterior of the city? And the Gemara says, you seem to have two contradictory inferences to which the Gemara says, Lokasha, ha Azara, kan Yerushalayim. To which the Gemara says, not a contradiction. Rather, again, will say, it depends. What does it depend on? Are you talking about the gates of the Be'es or the gates of Yerushalayim? We'll say, take a look at your just a moment. Shari Yerushalayim. Asmo Asmokilachotz. When it comes to the gates of Yerushalayim, the doorway itself is considered to be, the width of the doorway itself is considered to be like the exterior of the city. You'll see why in just a moment. But when it comes to the gates of the Beis HaMikdosh, Rashi says, So we're going to see, when it comes to the gates of Yerushalayim, the actual area of the doorway, right? the thickness of the doorway, that is considered to be like the exterior of the city. When it comes to the gates of the Beis Hamikdash, the width, the doorway, the width of the doorway, the width of the door—I'll call it—that is considered to be the interior of the Beis Hamikdash, with one exception: Sharni as We'll see in just a moment. So, look back in the Gemara. We'll finish with this. We'll listen to how beautiful this is. Why is it that the width of the doorway of the gates of Yushalayim does not have the Kiddush of Yushalayim? It's considered to be like the outside of the city. We'll listen to this. Listen to how moving and beautiful this is. The Mitzorayim, right? The lepers who have to go outside of the city of Yerushalayim, they would utilize the width of the doorway, the width of the doors of the gates, that area to provide them with shelter from the rain and shade from the sun. So because the Mitzvah ultimately, again, could benefit from that area, we treat that area as outside of Yerushalayim. Because if we treated it like inside of Yerushalayim, they could not stand under the width of the doorways during the rain or to protect them from the sun. Also, isn't this incredible? So we'll go ahead and we'll diminish the area. Understand, we'll diminish the area of Yerushalayim to give benefit to the Mitzorahim. We'll diminish the area of Yerushalayim. So in order to be able to give benefit to the Mitzorahim. The Gemara says, why was Sharnikonar? That was a Sharnikonar was the was the gate, was the eastern gate, was the eastern gate going into the primary part of the Beit Hamikdash. Why was the width, right, literally the width of the door of Sharnikonar, not consecrated? When the mitzora would come to be purified, remember again, he needed a blood application on day eight of his purification. So if Sharnikhanor, if the width of the door of Sharnikhanor was, was was sanctified, the mitzora would not be able to stand there. But the mitzora needs a blood application from the coin standing in, in the Azar. So look at Rashi just a moment. Rashi says over here, so is so like going into everything over here so the Mitzvah would stand in the width of sharni Kanar which was not sanctified, which was not sanctified, therefore he could stand there and the coin could do the blood applications upon him, the coin standing on the interior area of the Beis HaMikdash, the, 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 the mitzora standing pretty much like in the Azorah, in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, right by Sharni Kanar, and the blood application could happen right there. So the Word will say, what turns out is something really fascinating, that Halacha the, the remember we're talking about over a very specific area, of the width of the door, right? So when the door is closed, that 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 with that area that the door occupies, what is the status of that area? To which the Gemara says it depends. In the walls of Yerushalayim, that area is considered to be ultimately kilachutz. And why is it considered to be kilachutz? Because this way the mitzarayin can benefit from that area—shelter Sh- from the rain, shade from the sun. But in the base hamikdash, interestingly enough, that area. Is not sanctified. That gate, that width, really. I'm sorry. Let me take it back. In the base hamikdash, the area, the thickness, the doorways are vested or do have kiddushah's mikdash. With one exception, the one exception being sharnikanor, where the width of the doorway does not have kedusha. This way, halacha said the mitzvah could stand there in order to be purified from his tzaras. Everyone Did a lot today. Baruch Hashem. We will continue our session over at the two dots tomorrow. Shekarech, Everyone. All right, Chevron Zoom, wishing everyone a wonderful day. Ashokach, wonderful to know with all of you. Let me ask this. I see over here. So I, I did it on both, but like, I, st- I, I hit you know ends yeah. both of these. Yeah. But do I st- I still did it on YouTube? Was that correct? Yeah, you don't have to. But she said if you if you could do it, do it. Okay. So I. There uh, should I be. Yeah. Mean, yeah. I did it. I don't know what happened. So we're out of bench.